0: and welcome back to another episode of the I'll be back podcast uh, another week and another temple disappointment <laughs> uh, so they lost to Memphis uh, a lot of talk about in that loss mostly bad some good I don't know it was a weird it was a weird game um, and then we'll preview uh, this upcoming week's game to Lane um, at the end uh, so Temple Memphis first half kind of, it was ugly, it was weird, I felt like we could have been losing by 30 in the first half, but I also felt like we could have been winning by 30 in the first half, Um, but I mean, Temple had it where they, I mean, needed them to be, it wasn't a shootout, it was 15-10 at half, we were winning, Um, I mean, the defense, I think they had a couple lucky fumbles, I don't want to say they forced fumbles per se, Um, but, I mean, they held their, uh, Memphis's quarterback, who I talked about last week, who was very, very good. They, I mean, first half, I think at one point he was six for like 14 or 15, um, but like didn't have a hundred yards yet, uh, just wasn't playing well. I don't know if those was the D line was getting to him or what, um, but yeah, overall first half had him kind of in the good spot and then second half, <laughs> not so good. I think there was like a three minute time span where, uh, It went from 15-10 to 27-15, like, real quick. So, not great. Um, I guess we'll start Russo. This is a classic Russo game. Four touchdowns, 387 yards. Sounds good. Three interceptions. Not good. Um, and the the interceptions were pretty. I mean, the one he overthrew a receiver who wasn't open at all. It was basically double coverage, and the safety help was eight yards behind the receiver, um, like like closer to the end zone than the receiver. Like he had not beat on a deep ball, and <laughs> uh, Russo just overthrew the receiver right into the safety's hands, who was behind him, and that was bad. One went off of Mac's hands, it was thrown behind Brandon Mack, it looked like a slant route, off his hands, of course, right into the receiver's ha- uh defensive back's hands, also not good, um, and then the other one, I believe it was Brandon Mack, or was it Blue, one of them was on an out route, and they fell to the ground, and Russo threw it before they even made their break, and while they made the break, they fell, and it went right into the cornerback's hands there. So, maddening... Anthony Russo game, as is tradition, made a couple good throws on some touchdowns, couple good deep balls, I mean, he really does, he makes some good NFL-looking throws, and then, like you said, he had the three dumb interceptions, he had a couple other, like, overthrows on, um, looked like screen, short bubble screen type of routes, uh, I know they said his hand was taped at one point, and he did get an MRI on his shoulder, I'm not making excuses, that's just something that happened, um, it's funny, and I think I've made this comparison maybe once before. Um, just Maybe it's because I watch them every Saturday and Sunday. Is Russo, he kind of reminds me of Wentz. And I'm not saying that he is Wentz, and I think Wentz is definitely better. And I don't think Russo will have that type of career whatsoever. Um, It's just in the fact that, like, he's so confusing. Like, last week when Wentz had that touchdown throw to Boston Scott, and you're like, holy crap, that was an amazing throw. But then Wentz every game has these boneheaded plays and, once, maybe you can make the excuse that he's trying to do too much. Um, you know, the rest of the team is hurt and this, this, and this. Russo doesn't have that. But once, I feel like he always just makes some boneheaded looking play and then he makes the throw like he did to Boston Scott. And I feel like Russo has done that throughout his entire career. Like, that's the definition of his career. He'll make that Boston Scott throw and then the next play he overthrows or underthrows a completely wide receiver or. Completely wide open wide receiver, I should say, or he throws it like into double coverage for no reason at all. I'm like, dude, like, what are you doing? And I think that's where Russo, he just relies, I think he knows he has that ability and he relies on it way too much and just doesn't, he does things before he thinks. And that's, I mean, go, the first episode I said we had, this was a make or break year for him. I mean, he's trying to get drafted. He's right now, I would say, p- pushing himself out of that draft conversation based off of the first uh, three games. So he's got some work to do. I don't think he'll get benched, although, like I said, he does have an MRI coming up this week, um, or I think it was today or yesterday. Um, I'm recording this on a Wednesday, by the way. Uh, So if you're listening on a Thursday, then the MRI definitely happened by now, but I haven't seen any reports of the outcome of it. I don't believe he practiced today. I think I saw Mark Narducci from the Enquirer said that. Um, Oh, by the way, I am drinking Bailey's again. I think that's the second week in a row I'm drinking Bailey's. I don't know, fall weather, it's it's a good go-to. Bailey's on the rocks. Um, all right, back to football. Uh, overall, the offense did kind of play. I mean, they put up 29 points. Um, it was just weird. It seemed like they couldn't score when they absolutely needed to, um, specifically the fourth quarter. Um, but the offense did have, I don't, I don't want to say a great game, but especially because Memphis the previous week gave up almost 800 yards total. Um, but, I mean, Raymond Davis had 113 yards on 20 carries, Jaden Blue has 13 catches, 115 yards, three touchdowns, um, Randall Jones, who Rod Carey said was a stud, last week had 12 catches, 118 yards, Brandon Mack, six catches, 64 yards, although he... I feel like he wasn't used as much in the goal line when he should have been, and that was frustrating for me. Um, Also, I feel like two-point conversions they could be using him more. So he had six catches, 64 yards. In the second half, I don't think he was used nearly enough. Especially, like I said, they had those uh, times where they just could not figure out how to score. Maybe go to him a little more. Um, but they did do a good job of getting the ball to Blue and Jones uh, in open space and kind of let them make plays it seemed like. There was no tight end David Martin Robinson this week. He was actually out for COVID related reasons and I just looked this up. It sounds like he's going to miss that game again. He does not have it, but he it sounds like he was around somebody who did have it, so I guess he's doing at least a 10-day quarantine, maybe longer. Um so replacing him was Darius Pittman, who had two catches, twenty-nine yards, not great, not terrible, but like I mean like I said, the receivers combined for um thirty catches, so kinda I mean Russo was forty-three forty-one of sixty-three, I think his final was, which I was a career high for passing attempts for him, and I think the second most in a temple football game I saw. Um but their backup tight end, Darius Pittman, I just read as well, he will be out this week. I think he sprained his ankle. Um, so good, bad, ugly for the offense. Also, the offensive line gave up three sacks in this game, which going into the game, they had given up zero. So that was not good at all. Um, I would have get to the defense, but the special teams was just so, I don't know how to explain the special teams in this game. The Will Mobley misses a field goal early, which really set the tone. Uh, first drive, had a chance to score, and I thought they maybe should have went for it or been more aggressive on that first drive. Um, he misses a 26-yarder, though. I mean, your kicker, and he was good last year and has had a good college career, just this year he looks a little, I don't know if it's a confidence thing or something. He just doesn't seem right. So he misses a field goal there, and then the kickoffs, he's just been struggling so much that they actually... They put in Rory Bell, who is a freshman who I did not know was even on the team, to be honest. <laughs> Rory Bell. So, Mobley's kicks apparently just could not go past, like, the 15-yard line. So, their options were either squib it or, like, try to punt it straight up in the air. He was doing terrible kicks. I mean, the goal right now, basically, for all kickers in every sport, um, every every level, I should say, is just kick it out of the end zone and make them kneel it or whatever. So, there's no return. That's your best bet. Um, We... You don't have a kicker who has the leg power to do that. You're kind of screwed. So they benched uh, Mobley for Rory Bell. His first kick goes out of bounds. So his, I mean, hey, freshman kid, get told, hey, you're in. Probably pressure's on. Your nerves are going. I can see why it would go out of bounds. But, I mean, you're, (laughs) you got to perform. He does have the leg, though. His kicks were going farther um, he did have one or, I think, two straight went in the end zone, and then he had the one that went in the end zone like, bounced at, like, the 15-yard line pretty much rolled straight down the, like, uh, sideline and rolled into the end zone, curved around the pylon. Like, I don't know how this ball did not go out of bounds. So he really could have had another one go out of bounds, and then I think his fourth one, they had just... I think he kicked it to, like, the five, and it was returnable. Um, so that seems like that. Rory Bell, the freshman, that's his spot this upcoming week on kickoffs. Uh, Will Mobley's spot on extra points and field goals seems to be his still for right now. But if he misses another 26-yarder, I would not be surprised if that's in jeopardy as well. Because you've you got um, you to have a kicker. Like, when this game is a little different, if he makes that 26-yard field goal, they're down by 12 at the end, um, or well, they were down by... Prior to Memphis scoring a touchdown late, it was closer. Um, There's just a lot of... It just changes the scenario of the game. So, yeah, because they were down five. If he'd made the field goal, then Temple's only down by two, and at one point was possibly in field goal range. So, it's a very big different game in the fourth quarter if he makes that opening field goal. Or, and there's other chances where maybe they could have kicked a field goal instead, they punted. It was annoying, and hopefully they figure it out. I said on to somebody, I think we're cursed ever since we let go of Ed Foley who was a really good special teams coach and we let him go. And now he's on Matt Rule's Carolina Panthers staff. Um he sings after their wins. If you're ever bored, go watch Carolina Panthers Twitter. Um he sings to the team. Like he used to sing High hopes with us. Um Defense uh like I said they I mean they had him in the game in the first half. Uh only gave up ten points. They had a couple fumble recoveries. Again, I don't know. I don't know if I want to credit the defense for them, but it just kind of Memphis dropped the ball, literally and figuratively. Um <laughs> but they were they kept them in the game, kept the QB in check for most of the first half. Um and then the second half happened, and it was kind of a bound to happen eventually thing, as the offense couldn't convert. Um and we kept going three and out. You keep giving these guys chances. They're going to score eventually, and that is what happened in the second half. So, like I said, it went from 15-10 to 27-15 real quick. And then in the fourth quarter, the defense actually made a couple, like, back-to-back three-and-out stands when, again, you know, this time the offense could not score. So the defense did do their part at certain times when they needed to. Um, And overall, I mean, the defense had—they uh, had an interception as well, so they had three takeaways— um, Elijah Clark had an interception, and that was a really good play, it looked like they kind of forced Brady White out of the pocket, he made a pretty bad throw, uh, kind of unforced throw, but I don't know if he felt the pressure or what, I thought he could have ran, maybe scrambled on the play, and he threw an underthrown ball right to our defender, which I'll take every time, um, but the offense could not convert, I think we had three points total off of turnovers, so, we took the ball away, and then the offense could not convert. That's never good. Also, in the first quarter, it was, I think at one point I was tracking it. So, defense was playing decent. They kept getting third and eight. So, it was exactly third and eight every time. And Memphis, at one point, was four for four on third and eight. And I was going to throw a shoe at the TV. So, that was annoying. I mean, the defense was almost making enough plays to get off the field, and they just couldn't make that last stop. And then, I think the first time they actually did stop Memphis, Memphis, I th- believe went for it on fourth down I don't know if that was the first or second time but at one point it was like Memphis was four for five on third down and one for two on fourth down I'm like you never I mean the defense is doing enough but they're not doing that extra to just get off I did think uh Ifan Maje defensive tackle who I hyped up before the season not just me I mean that was everybody hyped him up I mean he was added to like some defensive player of the year list and defensive lineman lists and he's looking at being drafted um that's just me reading uh, the internet. <laughs> He's He just hasn't played that well, but I think this game he did make more of an impact. They get a couple plays uh, at the line of scrimmage where he either hit the running back or stopped them enough or you know moved a couple linemen to, to let a linebacker make a tackle type of play. Um, Audley Isaacs was our leading tackler. He's a linebacker who I believe got more playing time because Isaiah Graham Mobley was hurt um and it sounds like he's gonna miss this upcoming week's game um so just a, a really annoying game I thought like frustrating wise I, I again I think we th- I could argue we could have lost by 30 and I could argue we probably could have won the game it's a game of inches as people will tell you and you know a certain bounce goes your way but the mistakes just still need to get cleaned up and I don't know if that's just a Rod Carey coach team, if that's Anthony Russo just doesn't uh, just still hasn't improved enough from, you know, a year ago. Um, it's it would have been a great win because Memphis is a good team and this week, you know, you'd be two and one going into a two lane game, which I think we can win. Um, so let's get into that. They are two and four. They've lost three straight. Uh, those three losses were Houston, SMU, and Central Florida. All good conference teams. The SMU game, they lost thirty-seven, thirty-four, so only lose by three. And their SMU is ranked seventeenth, so I don't know if that's a good or a bad. You know, I mean, you can, moral victory kind of that one. Um, on offense, they do have a new QB and is a freshman. Uh, his name's uh Michael Pratt. He came in for. Senior Keon Howard. I believe it was the third or fourth game he came in. Um, so he's playing well. He's got 690 yards, seven touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, it seems like the offense is moving a little bit better with him at the um, center as opposed to Keon Howard, uh, the senior who he replaced. He I looked up uh, Pratt's recruiting file. He was a three-star recruit coming out of high school, Pretty much had an offer from like every Mac team, Buffalo, Bowling Green, one of the Michigans. Um it's funny, I, I always give you guys these fun facts. Uh n- nothing crazy uh this week, but uh Michael Pratt's major is exercise science. So I guess he wants to be a health something. I don't know. Where he made took took a made up major because he's a football player, which is more than likely. Um they're running backs at Tulane, they kind of have it pretty spread out. We have three guys who kind of get all the carries. Uh, Steven Hudderson, I think is his name, uh, 397 yards for him. Cameron Carroll has 341 yards. And then the third guy, Tajay Spears, has 274. So there's three guys all hovering, you know, around 400, 300 yards total each um, combined for 1,000, so... I mean, they've ran the ball. They have had six games, so they're rushing numbers. You would think, I mean, six games, their leading rushing runner running back has 394 yards, 97 yards. So um, no clear-cut uh, running back there. Receivers, again, it's kind of spread out. They have, like, three or four receivers with 10 catches each. Nobody has over 200 yards um, total, so it's really, really spread out. I think their one tight end has about 150 yards. On defense, uh, they have a defensive end, Cameron Sample. He has four sacks. He leads the team with that. Um, tackle wise, it was pretty spread out. Nothing that really jumped off the charts. Um, their defensive back, Mason Clark, has two interceptions to lead the team, but they only have three total. Um, I really think Temple should win this game. Uh, Based off of everything I've looked at and read, but I did say that last week with my homer pick against Memphis, and I definitely said it against Navy, and I was wrong two of those times. Um, So you guys really seem to like the uh, gambling segment that I did, so I kept kind of teasing at maybe having a guest come in for that, so that's what I did. So this is a segment that I just did with my buddy Russ about an hour ago, so I'm going to play that recording right now for you guys. Um... And you guys can listen to that. So here's our first official gambling spot. All right, everybody. This is our, uh, our pre-recorded gambling segment we are doing here. Uh, I talked about it the last couple of weeks. Um, so I got my buddy Russell Bryant on the phone here. <laughs> Not actually a, phone. It's a Zoom call. <laughs> we joked about maybe phoning them in, but, um, so Russ is our official gambler this week. Uh, Seems like people like the the spreads and the over-under segment with Temple. So, uh, this week they have Tulane. And, Russ, what do you got for us? What are we taking this week? Yeah, so I
1: get all my lines off of – this week I'm getting them off of DraftKings. And DraftKings has the spread um, at Temple plus four and a half, which, I mean, you look at it and it's – you got to look at the previous weeks. I mean, Temple averages 33 points per game. Tulane averages 35 points a game. Basic math, we could add that together. That's averaging 68 points a game. It's like looking at 57 and a half. Initially, you want to think, okay, I'm going to bet the over 57 and a half. They're averaging together 68 points. That's more than a 10 point difference there. So you're going to want to take the over, but you, you know, I always do a little bit more research into it. So I'm looking at them both teams. They're averaging their yards per game is around 400 each. I think Tulane's a little bit less than Temple, um, but they're both both close to the 400 yard mark, which makes it appealing to take the over there as well. And then, but you got to look at, you know, who each team has played. They both played Navy. Um, we both lost, but um, you look at Navy. We know, you know, they're a big running team. Um, the clock's constantly ticking, and if you're still putting up 30 points, 35 points while the clock's ticking. You're pretty much you you know that's a good sign at taking the over playing against a team like Tulane who's not always running the ball doing the RPO and everything so that that makes it more appealing for me to take the over, um, and I mean Temple has scored over fifty seven point five points if you look at their three games they played, all three of the games they scored combined the score they scored over fifty seven and a half.
0: Yeah, that. If you that look is at a, Maine, let's just to stop you. That is, that is some really good points you're making and I mean their offense is pretty high powered and unfortunately their defense is not been so i I would agree with you on that going into this week i would definitely take the over last week i took the under which i think it was 70 and a half so it just hit
1: (laughs) that was close yeah we were talking about this during the game and
0: i told you my (laughs) prediction i said
1: temple would lose 45 35 and i mean it was was pretty damn close pretty close 29
0: yeah you were pretty close although they did cover because i think the spread last week was 13 and a half so last week it was the under and they covered now, what do you what are you taking on the spread this week?
1: Yeah, so the spread's um, two lanes minus four and a half, meaning if Temple scores four points or less, then they're gonna you're gonna win that line and the line's at plus one oh nine. Um, I don't think I'm gonna touch this just because you don't know what you're gonna get out of Temple. I mean, there's just too much uncertainty there. You're looking at the oh come on, you got
0: you gotta stuff. give us something. You gotta give us I something.
1: I want to. I want to. <laughs> I mean, you look at Anthony Russo. If he if he minimizes his, you know, errors. He'll lead the team to a victory here, and I think he'll cover that. But, I mean, if you're looking at – he's averaging two interceptions a game. He's had six in three games. You know what I mean? It's like I'm a big Temple fan, you know, uh, as much as the next guy is. I want (laughs) Temple to win. I don't think – you know, but I'm a winning man too, and I don't don't think this is going to cover, especially because if you look at Tulane's quarterback, he's only had two interceptions over six games. So, I mean, their offense is looking pretty good as well. Um, it, it just comes down to the errors that Temple commits, and you know, with Michael Pratt over there, you know, carrying his offense, not a lot of errors. It's it's just too risky. I mean, Temple can come out have no intercept. I mean, that'd be nice. Their defense can have. Some, you just don't know. And with that uncertainty, I'm not going to touch the spread here at minus four and a half.
0: You're not touching it. You wouldn't even. Are you taking Tulane at least? Like, I mean, just... I looked at it, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna touch it. So our, our gambling, our first official gambling segment our gambler decided he will he will take his money and run on the spread <laughs> and sean i'll tell you what i'll give a wild
1: card bet here i'll take the bet that temple scores first at Oh, plus we a prop 100. bet.
0: i like we, that we, we i got i i kind of like that, that idea so for from going forward we'll do over under spread and maybe throw a prop bet in I like and that just idea. my reasoning
1: there for the listeners out there, if you're wondering why he's going to touch the Temple scores first, I mean, you look at both head coaches here, the mentality record, regarding the coin toss. You want to look at Rod Carey, what's he do? He defers on the coin toss. Willie Fritz for Tulane head coach, he sometimes defers. He sometimes wants the ball. It depends who he's playing. So with that in mind, based on the history of what Temple's done these three games, Temple versus Navy, we got the ball first. We scored on the first drive, 25-yard field goal. Temple versus South Florida, five yard touch, touchdown pass to Jaden Blue, scored on the first drive. Temple versus Memphis, got the ball, drove down the 26 yard line, tried to kick a field goal. We missed, but we would have oh, scored that on the missed first drive.
0: This field goal was uh, costly.
1: But Tulane, on the other hand, they don't score on the first drive. They're not going to score first. Four of the six games, they did not. They fumbled against South Alabama first drive. They punted against Southern Miss on the first drive. They punted against Houston on the first drive. And they fumbled against SMU on the first drive. I don't like SM, I don't like uh, Tulane scoring first year. I think Temple's going to score first for that
0: reason, for those stats. I'm putting that bet in heavy, Sean. This is this is some top quality research here. We I was not expecting this much in a prop bet scenario hey and i, I, I like i like i love it so i future, like to make sure i
1: do my research here and we just talked
0: over each other twice which is hilarious it's, it's great but, uh i like great, to do my research uh, radio, i like to win said. money it's great radio <laughs> um so future people who want to fill in on the gambling segment although russ i think i think you've earned at least one more shot at this and we have a couple other people i really want to see Emmett's getting into gambling which i told emmett he would get a shout out in this episode so emmett you have to listen now um Emmett, if you want to come on and be the gambling segment guy, Kieran definitely said he would. Tony, John, um, he won't like me for saying this, but Jeff Kasachin has now started to gamble on Temple football. He, he told me last week he did an over-under bet. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure he'll be mad that the 18 listeners now know that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Russell, thank you so much for this uh, segment. We will actually I'll probably get you back in for a follow-up. Um uh i think we should go like next week have you on to see how your bets did what do you think i like that prediction i mean i always like to make sure
1: you know my you know i like to follow up on my bets of course i'm always looking at my phone to see you know all my if
0: any of my bets hit or how many of them hit so i like that all right russ thanks for doing this oh by the way everybody uh since i always drink which i am um russell you were drinking tonight eh? yes i have the victory golden monkey Victory, Golden Monkey. Great selection. All right, dude. I appreciate you coming on. Um, I'm going to record the rest of the show. And everybody, either listen to Russ or don't listen to Russ. And let us know how you do. And that was our first official gambling segment. Thanks, Sean. All right. So that was our gambling segment, which, like I said, you guys seem to like. So me and Russ decided to make it a more interactive one. Anybody else wants to come on? Feel free. Uh a little annoyed at Russ for going just didn't want to touch the Temple game even though he came on to talk about gambling on the Temple game. <laughs> but uh future people, if you if you come on, please at least just pick Temple or the other team. Uh points whatever, I don't care. Um I did like the prop bet one. So if you do come on, maybe come up with a good prop bet. I said Russo. Interceptions or touchdowns is probably a, a good go-to for future uh, people coming on. Um, I say Temple wins I, outright, which I've said for the Navy game and the Memphis game, but I was wrong both of those times. But I really do think they do win this one. Uh, I just look at Tulane. They're 2-4. and four. I think Temple's better than a 2-4 and four team. I'm sorry. I mean, they're not great. They're probably about a 500 team, but they're not a 2-4 and four team. So... Although if they lose this week, then they drop to one and three. So I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. I think Russo, if he plays, like I said, that he has an MRI. He, I think he plays. I think he'll play. Um, I think they win. I think Tulane's just not that good. They have a freshman quarterback, um, and I think our defense is kind of coming into its own a little bit more, and hopefully they can uh, pressure him. Um, so we'll see. I will. I think my final prediction. I'm going to say. Th- Thirty-one twenty-one Temple, which I, that would be the under for the over-under, um, so yeah, I think, I think that's, that's where I'm going, Thirty-one 21, we'll see, uh, that wraps up the football part, we are going to end on a little bit of a basketball note, which kind of have gone away from recently, just with so much football stuff going on, um, I do still have a good football, or a good basketball guest come on, I think try to squeeze him in next week. I'm going to reach out to him this week and see see what he says. Um, I think is it next week's game? Football game is a Thursday night, so I haven't decided how I'm releasing the episode next week. Um, you'll figure it out. I'll, I'll tweet it or send it to you guys. Either way. Uh, all right, basketball news. Penn State actually is the basketball news. Pat Chambers, their head coach, steps down. Um... Reasons are undisclosed. It could have been about a comment that he made a couple, like I think it was a year ago, maybe two years ago, about a noose, essentially. Unfortunately, he said that to a student, which you cannot do this day and age. Um, and there was some backlash. I think there was an investigation. And I th- I don't know if there's other violations. Maybe could be revealed. Maybe it wasn't that at all. But that's what it sounds like. There was an investigation about um, I know there's certain Temple fans seeing maybe if there's other other violations to be coming out of this, but Pat Chambers, who, I was looking at his record, I think he would barely 500 there, it was just annoying, he somehow kept getting a lot of Philly kids, um, so that's good for Temple overall, I think, and the even better news is one of their top recruits, Taequann Woodley, who is from Camden Catholic, I believe it was, um, he actually decommitted from uh, Penn State, so his recruiting is now reopened, and I think Temple is going to go after him pretty hard. Um, I don't know their scholarship situation, it, I mean, I think they could uh move on from possibly Sanders if they needed to, because that's probably what you do in that situation. Um, so let's go right now. Woodley is a three star recruit, yeah, he's from Camden. His top interest schools still has Penn State listed. I don't know why, um, but also it's us, South Carolina, and Rutgers. Um, so we're we're back in the mix for him. And I think before I'm just before he committed to Penn State, it sounded like it was between us and them. So maybe if we take that, uh, if we get him, add him to this class, twenty twenty one with Hicks and uh, Haseer Miller, then that's a really really good class for Aaron McKee. So he's a six foot seven power forward, and I just sent a picture of him to a couple of people who listen to this, and he looks like a like twenty five year old man, so I would love to get him so I will try to keep you guys posted on that like I said haven't done a lot of basketball news recently, but just with football going on it's been i've been football uh centric with the previews of the games and recaps of the games so oh, and the other basketball news was they announced today. Villanova versus Temple will be December 3rd, it will be at Villanova, and Temple basketball's schedule will be released probably in the next two weeks, I think I saw a tweet about. I think Temple released their schedule today, or Villanova released their schedule today, so Temple was on that, and then Temple plans on releasing their schedule within two weeks, is how I interpreted it. Um, So yeah, I mean, basketball season's right around the corner, and it sounds like we're having it, which I think you know, a couple months ago, we were questioning college football and definitely college basketball and football so far, knock on all the wood, um, has worked out enough to have something of a season and basketball looks like they're going to do a, you know, conference only with, looks like Temple's mainly going to do like the, the big five and maybe one or two other non-conference games. So I'll try to, when that schedule release comes out, maybe I'll do a, uh, I don't do a game-by-game prediction. That just seems like a lot for basketball, but um, definitely kind of review it and do a basketball preview like I did with football preview. And other than that, that's all I got for you guys this week. Go Owls. Um, Like I said, next week, I think they play Thursday night football, so maybe do a game uh, preview, review Monday, get it out Tuesday. I try to give you guys at least some time to listen to this before the game actually is happening. Um... That's all I got. Finish my Baileys, call it a night, and I'll be back. Never say that on here, actually. It's funny. That's the name of my podcast, and I never end with that. Um, also, I hope you guys enjoy the brand new intro and outro. That was uh, the created by my... So I work at a school. Uh, I asked the music teacher to kind of make me a little tune, and he tried to make this uh, melody uh as similar to the fight song as possible. So thanks you thank you to Brendan Schluth, a LaSalle High School graduate, um, and now works with me as a music teacher. Nothing nerdier than asking somebody to make a beat for your podcast. But alright guys, that's all I got. See ya <laughs>